United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us is Ambassador William Taylor, who is the Vice President of Russia and Europe Center at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He's the former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine. I'm interested in picking his brain on a day like this. Um, Ambassador Taylor, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, Laura. Thank you very much for having me. I should note, too, one of the best radio voices on the planet. I mean, hello. (laughs) Very kind. Very kind, Laura. You've got got a great one. My goodness. Well, if you ever want to be on Sirius XM POTUS, just let us know. Thank you so much for that for that <laughs> wonderful you, thing, especially in the morning. Hey, listen, there's a lot going on, as you can imagine, and I, I want to start with the leaks that has happened. There is now going to be a Department of Justice and FBI investigation into leaked U.S. intelligence reports that seem to find their way on social media. Listen to what Senator Cotton had to say about this issue. Even if these documents are authentic, or for that matter, even if they're altered or doctored, they tell a story that I've been making from the very beginning, because I support Ukraine, but I don't support Joe Biden's Ukraine policy, because he's been slow rolling our support to Ukraine for over a year. We shouldn't be surprised that Ukraine may be running a little low on ammunition. They've been telling us for a year they need more. They need more air defense systems. They need missiles that can destroy Russian firing positions just across the border in Russia. Now, I wouldn't take all this as gospel either. I mean, of course, our intelligence assessments a year ago of Ukraine's army uh, turned out to be significantly wrong when we said that Russia would roll over Ukraine. I think that Ukraine has a great shot at having a very successful spring offensive, but it's vital that we provide them rapidly Mm -hmm. the weapons they need in that offensive, weapons that we should have been providing them at a much faster rate, much higher volume over the last year. Ambassador Taylor, this has been a a frequent discussion point about the amount of aid and, of course, the documents in and of itself, a concern that they've been leaked to a certain extent. What has been your thought on the Biden policy towards Ukraine so far? So, Laura, the the big effort to put together a coalition of NATO as well as the rest of Europe, as well as Japan and South Korea, this coalition against Russia in support of Ukraine has been a major effort and a major success. Um, in addition, um, the supplies of weapons have accelerated uh, from a slow start, as just exactly as you've said, uh, but are now going as fast as they can. Apparently, they need to go faster, um, and and they do need the Ukrainians do need the ammunition and the air defenses. Uh, because they are preparing for a big offensive, a big counteroffensive to push the Russians back out of their country. And for that, they do need more weapons. There's no doubt about that. What about the leaks themselves? Do you think that's, I mean, the fact that it's even happened is concerning, but do you think that it was something that, whether it altered or not, does that make a difference to you in what's happened? So the one thing that we notice about the leaks is that we've got very good intelligence. Um, the intelligence that the United States and allies have on the Russians and around the world is pretty impressive. What's not impressive, what the bad news is, they can't keep a secret. Uh, they've, they've got some people somewhere that are providing this, these, uh, this information, these briefing slides um, to the Internet. That's a real problem. That's a real problem. Now, then the question, your question is a good one, Laura. That is, it's going to have an effect. 
It could. It could have an effect. The Ukrainians uh, are already changing their plans to throw off any information that uh, that the Russians may have gotten. The Russians think that this is a ploy by the Ukrainians or the Americans to throw them off. So it is not clear what's going to what the effect of this is going to be. This idea of the counteroffensive in particular, we hear a lot about it. And obviously, as you mentioned, the, the intelligence being present, being good, but only as good as it can be kept secret. The fact that we are all aware, he, even myself, a layman sitting here on the radio program today talking about a counteroffensive, surely Russia is aware that there will be a counteroffensive that will be launched as well. Does the fact that we all know it's coming undermine the ability of Ukraine to be effective in that capacity? I don't think so, Laura. I don't think so. So the Ukrainians have been very good. Um, uh, their generals have been very skilled. They amount. They mounted a uh, counteroffensive last fall um, in September and October. And again, people knew it was coming. They just didn't know where. That's the same thing now. Uh, everyone knows. Everyone knows that there's this counteroffensive coming, and that the Ukrainians are putting together new units. New training, new equipment, there's uh, advanced uh, weapons that they've gotten, the tanks they've gotten from the Europeans. Um, everybody knows that this is what they don't know and what they didn't know last fall is where. Um, and the Ukrainians faked the Russians. The Ukrainians let it be known that they're probably going to attack in the south last fall. And it turns out they attacked in the north. So we don't know right now where the Ukrainians are going to attack. That That will be the element of surprise. If Putin suddenly changes his tactic um, or in some respects tries to demonstrate a willingness to withdraw his troops from Ukraine, do you think, one, that could actually happen? And two, could there be a diplomatic end to this? Yes and yes, Um, it could happen. And you're exactly right. It would be up to President Putin. Vladimir Putin can decide tomorrow, uh, this afternoon. Um, to pull his troops out. Um, He can see the defeats that he's experienced, that his military has experienced time after time on the battlefield. And he can, yes, he can decide to pull his troops out. And when that happens, then yes, there is the opportunity for a negotiation. Uh, The Ukrainians will be glad to sit down with the Russians uh, after the commitment to and even the, the execution of a withdrawal of all the Russian troops out of the country. The Ukrainians would be happy to sit down at that point. Negotiations, diplomacy can take over them. Does the U.S. need to be involved in that? I know early on, and it's been consistent, the president and, of course, our secretary of state has said, look, this is not something for the United States to be involved with. It's up to, obviously, the autonomy and self-agency and termination of Ukraine. And yet there's been a great deal of resources provided. We know that there has been presidential candidates, including um, Nikki Haley, for one possible ones like Mike, Mike Pompeo and others demonstrating continued support for Ukraine. But it does rely on the appetite of the American, at least Congress and appropriations to keep doing so. You're absolutely right. Um, so far, that appetite has been there. So far, it's been bipartisan support. You're right to, to mention the political leaders that have supported this on both sides, um, both Republicans and Democrats, bipartisan support up until now. So far, that's been that's been very strong, um, and that is likely to continue. You asked about the negotiations and the U.S. role. Um, there may be a U.S. role in the discussions with the Russians about nuclear weapons um, and about confidence-building measures uh, in Europe. 
um, we've offered to have those conversations with the Europe, with together with the Europeans, with the Russians. Um, the discussion between the Russians and Ukrainians on getting the Russian troops out of Ukraine, that's for Ukrainians and Russians to do. There may be a mediator. There may be mediation by the U.N., um, other some other nation to do that. Uh, it's probably not the Americans to be the mediator. Um, but we will have a role in these broader issues having to do with nuclear weapons and strategic stability with the Russians. So in terms of those negotiations and discussions, though, I mean, I, it almost seems counterintuitive that the U.S. would be involved financially and not involved diplomatically. And I know that a lot of this is because of the, the whole premise of what Russia is trying to do to undermine the autonomy of Ukraine and the United States doesn't want to be viewed as doing so as well. But do we have a larger role in terms of not just the United States's role, but NATO more broadly? I know Ukraine's not a part of it, but it seems each has been, each you know NATO country has been involved and at least obviously extremely interested in what the outcome of what happens here. Do you think that NATO more broadly or those nations that are a part of it ought to play a bigger role in addition to what the United States is doing? I do. Um, and the NATO nations, the, uh, the other nations in NATO in addition to the United States, are providing weapons, are providing economic support, financial support, humanitarian support. That This coalition has been broad um, and the support has been broad. Um, and yes, we all need to do more. Absolutely. But you're right. The reason that we care, the reason we care um, is that Ukraine is a sovereign nation and we're, we're supporting a sovereign nation that defends itself. And as it defends itself, it it establishes, it reinforces the principle that big nations around the world, not just Russia, but certainly Russia, big nations around the world don't have the ability, don't have the authority, can't get away with invading small nations on their borders. This is an important principle that we care about, that Europeans care about, that other nations around the world care about, that big nations don't have the right and can't get away with invading smaller nations. So yes, that's why we're supporting Ukraine to establish that principle. Ambassador William Taylor, thank you for your time today and your insight. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.